creating an audience organically using a podcast is a very long game. Because what happens is you you say, okay, I want to start, I'm starting a podcast. Boom. Okay. Now I'm live. Okay. Now what do I do? Where, how do I get more listeners? Now you're like, somebody says, oh, you should post on, on Facebook groups. Guess what? If you go and post in, in a random Facebook group or a podcast, you're going to get kicked out for spamming, right? So then you're like, okay, let me just go spam a bunch of podcasting groups. So that that is like promoting your podcast to other podcasters. It's like a dentist going to a dental conference and handing out cards about his dental service. Thanks for stopping by the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm the host of the show, Sean Dustin. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. There are a couple of ways that you can help support the show. One of which is if you know somebody out there who would benefit from listening to the show or an episode in this show, send them over. I'd be happy to have them as listeners. Also, you can subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if I'm currently not available on the platform you listen to, send me an email and I will try to get added to it. I have merchandise available now, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, and other items. This is another way you can help support the show and the show will get a portion of the proceeds. You can find direct links to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, merchandise, and anywhere else we are online at the bottom of the show notes. There are currently opportunities right now to win show merchandise over in my Facebook group. Uh, there's a challenge going on over there right now. And to get there, just go to the Linktree link and find my YouTube group tab in the Linktree and uh, follow it over there. Join the group and there'll be instructions pinned to the uh, top of the timeline there. All right, man. The Big Five Zero, Episode 50. Wasn't sure if I'd ever get to here, but now that I'm here, I can look back on it. And, uh, you know, having a podcast, starting a podcast, uh, uh, producing a podcast, when I first thought about doing this, you know, listening to Joe Rogan and, and, uh, Andy Frisella and, and all of the other influences that I had in the podcasting game, I thought it was going to be easy. I was like, damn, that looks like so much fun that looks so easy i can do that it is not easy uh it's i mean it's not it's not hard in the sense that like difficult but it's very time consuming it is there's so many so many facets of it that that you have to understand in order to build an audience and like i had no idea how any of that stuff worked and i still don't to a certain extent but I'm going to continue plugging away and, you know, hopefully the audience grows, my message gets louder. And as the show takes on a life of its own and some of the causes that I'm jumping behind, you know, as a, as an ex, uh, a formerly incarcerated person, uh, in the federal system. And if you're paying attention to any of the things that I'm doing recently, uh, you'll, you'll notice that I'm, I'm pivoting a little bit, uh, into, criminal justice reform, prison reform, and exposing some of the injustices that are happening uh, to people that are being incarcerated, uh, you know, handed out time, exorbitant amounts of time for low-level drug offenses, which is absolutely crazy to me that some people can get 20 years for taking a life and other people get 33 years for being a drug addict or conspiracy to sell drugs. You don't even have evidence, but you're convicting people and giving them exorbitant amounts of time for drugs, which are nonviolent offenses. It just doesn't make sense to me. These people should be getting help. They should be getting treatment. They should be getting, uh, you know, why, why, why were people on drugs to begin with? You know, what traumas did they experience that pushed them down this road? And I, and I think if you, start to dissect addiction 
at the base of it is trauma and it manifests itself through drug use and you know other other forms of self-harm so anyways episode 50 thank you to everybody out there who's been listening uh, i appreciate the support and in this episode i am talking to ravi jayagopal and ravi is a content creator uh he's created membership groups he's done all kinds of stuff and uh this episode is basically going to be about social media and podcast strategies this is a good one there's a lot of good information in this um if you're if you're a content creator if you're a new podcaster if you're you know struggling with how to how to uh monetize and build an audience and all of those things, this is the episode you're going to want to listen to. So without further ado, let's get to the show. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today, we are talking to Ravi Jayagopal. Uh, who is a full-time entrepreneur, seven-time okay. author, speaker, podcaster, business coach, digital marketer, and also an am- amateur ventriloquist. Interesting. Ravi, how are you? Yeah. Fantastic, Sean. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by today and giving me, uh, giving me an hour of your time, uh, to get to know you. Uh, we, you answered a, uh, post on Facebook, uh, for a guest and, uh, so yeah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell my listeners or why you're here? Yeah, so I, I saw a post from you saying you know if you have uh, overcome some challenges and you have a story to tell, I'd love to hear from you. My audience would love to hear from you. So I thought um, I have a you know it's not the greatest of stories. It's nothing as inspiring as your background. Uh, so you know I can't uh, honestly say you know I came from nothing or no. Uh, no dramatic stuff like that, but uh, I have had my fair share of challenges in my life. And as an immigrant uh, coming to the U.S., uh, you know, in 2000, uh, during the dot-com boom and then the dot-com bust and the 9-11 and a whole bunch of other stuff, right? And uh, having to uh, keep a job uh, that uh, I didn't particularly care about because I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I had to go through several years of uh, sticking to a job it's not like i could i had to just have a job it ha- i had to have stick to the same job for about five years which was incredibly hard uh you know post 9 11 um and it was a lot of a lot of things uh had to go my way and uh i didn't give up and so that's the kind of story i wanted to uh, share with your audience today I've got a perf- I've, I've got a I've got something to show you that uh, is a perfect example of how to not give up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to onit.com and uh, Joe Rogan for uh putting me on to that shirt, not personally, but you know, I listened to his podcast and so I went over to onit and I found this shirt and uh Fits me perfect because I've got an inner bitch and uh, he is a motherfucker. Yeah, I would, I would say, I would put it a conquer your inner mofo. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to female dogs, but uh, I, I prefer to uh, call the bad, him a bad guy, right? So yeah, yeah. sitting inside saying what you can and cannot do kind of stuff. But more than that, it was the circumstances that, uh, you know, uh, Growing up for me, I, you know, I can't say I was poor or anything. We we were, you know, lower middle class, and uh, I never had to go without food. I really had didn't have the kind of uh, uh, struggles that you know a lot of uh, people would have in terms of coming from really uh, poor backgrounds or uh, broken family. I didn't have any of that. You know, uh, my parents uh, uh, raised me with a lot of love and attention, and I was a, a single child. And, uh, you know, they didn't, uh, even though we didn't have much, I, I had everything I needed, you know, from uh, having a bicycle when I wanted it and, you know, all kind of, that kind of stuff, or, or having the basic shoes and this and that, and all, all the basic fancy stuff, nothing too, too fancy, but all the basic uh, essentials. So for me, it was more circumstantial in more than the inner thing, because somehow 
uh, I was because my father was uh, uh, he's no more uh, rest in peace he was a film director and writer so he worked a lot from home so it got ingrained into me from from childhood that you know I wanted to be like my father right most uh, most boys would like to be like their father especially if they're a good role model and he was perfect you know he didn't have any bad habits he was there he was loyal to my mom he, he was always home he was there home when i came home from school and he was ready to do whatever right if you wanted to uh, go for a movie on a school day uh, you know he was ready for it and he 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 was ready to go with me wherever i wanted to go and uh, get me anything i need, needed books uh, back then obviously no internet and anything else but uh, i was into comic books so every time we used to go to this comic uh, uh, this book fair I could get all the books because we, uh, my my father and my mother, they started a school for poor children, and they uh, provided uh, a lot of education for a lot of people and a lot of free education for people from uh, who couldn't afford education. So they were doing a lot of social work. So the school, they were always getting books and everything else, right? So resources. So when we went to the book fair once a year, it was Christmas for me, right? Uh, they said. Don't worry about it. Get anything you want, and also keep in mind it's not just for you; it's for the school. So I got to pick the library for the school. So I would go crazy and get all these books and comic books and um, uh, fiction and nonfiction and history and everything. I could just buy whatever I wanted because it came from the school budget. So it would all go to the school library, and then I got to go in there and check out as many books as I wanted, read it, put it back. And then it, it, you know, all the other kids benefited from that too. So I had, I was blessed in so many ways. And uh, the craziest thing was my child, most of my challenges started after I became an, became an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so coming to the U S because I, I was uh, trying to, I, I got hooked on, on the internet in about, about 95 or so, 1995 um, created my first hotmail address back then and it was amazing so i had a kinkos like setup back in the day uh you know desktop publishing right out of college i wanted to be an entrepreneur and, and do business uh, and feel free to jump in and stop me anytime if i'm going off track um and so i was uh i wanted to you know start a business right off of college and so I started this desktop publishing unit where I, I bought a, one computer, one color printer, which was a huge luxury back in India at the time. Um, people didn't have computers. They didn't have internet. They didn't have uh, uh, color printers, definitely, and photocopying. So I put all of those Kinkos-like setup in, in an office. And I thought, you know, I could set everything up and I can go do other stuff. Uh, and this will earn me a living. But I learned pretty fast that uh, it's a really, really tough business because you, when you have a small setup, right, the computer breaks down, boom, your profit for a week goes out the window, your printer goes down, or your, your person doing the photocopies doesn't come in, and you have to be there. I had to open the shop. I had to close the shop, and it was I could not do any of the stuff I wanted to, and uh, I was struggling for, for, for a few years there, and then the internet uh, started picking up. A lot of people... Uh, were you know starting to use the internet, so I said, okay, I should start an internet cafe. So I got a loan, and I I, I opened a shop right next door, uh, internet cafe, where I put up ten computers, nice carpeting, air condition, blah blah blah, and fast fast internet speed, which was ISDN. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. So it was like the lowest end was the fourteen four K routers, where you you know you dialed in and it's like. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that was like the 14.4 baud modem. That was the lowest end, and the ISDN was supposed to be super fast, and it was like 56 kbps. Right today, I get 150 mbps download. Right, that's like hundred thousand times faster. So, uh, for, for that was the high speed, and then that was shared between the computers, and that's when I got into the internet, and I started. Uh, you know, my, one of my friends came and said, hey, uh, I see you've been dabbling with the HTML and stuff. Can you create a website for me uh, for our, for my, uh, I want to impress my girlfriend for our anniversary. So there, uh, back then there was this famous uh, thing called Java applets that ran in browsers. 
So you, the dan- dancing babies, and there was, it was the earliest uh, form of what we have as a GIFs and memes today, right? So there was a dancing baby. So I created a, a website which uh, put together a couple of those Java applets, and it would crash every three times you loaded it. The browser would crash, and Netscape <laughs> Navigator. So that's how I got into programming, and uh, and then I figured out that you know <clears throat> I could not sell a lot from India. I, I had a website. Uh, about baby names um, that my wife was pregnant at the time and I was looking online and I couldn't find any good websites for baby names, Indian baby names. So I said, I'm going to start my own. That's how I started uh, babynamesindia.com. Because somebody had told me, I used to follow a couple of the gurus in, in the US. Um, and, you know, one of the things I'd learned online is that you had to have your keywords in the domain. So I couldn't get Indian baby names. So I, I went with baby names India. And uh, it became the number one site uh, for baby names for probably the next seven, eight years. And uh, I, was, uh, I was not able to monetize it initially because there was no AdSense in 90s, 97, 98. And uh, so I started, okay, I'm going to sell a book. Uh, so I, I uh, went to a book publisher, one of the most famous Indian book uh, authors, baby name book authors and uh, I asked them about whether I could sell their book and uh, I never heard back. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to buy it from the local store at a discount bookshop bookstore and I'm going to ship it worldwide. And then it was one challenge after the other. I could not get uh, a merchant account because merchant accounts in the U.S., they considered me a high risk uh, living in India. Uh, so I, I was paying t- a $10 transaction fee per transaction. So if I sold a book for $2, my cost would be uh, $12. What I would have to pay them $10 for that transaction, which means I had to charge enough for the book to cover the transaction fee and the shipping fees, which was like five times the cost of the book. So a $2 book in Indian rupees at the time, uh, I had to charge about $25, $26 to get it to somebody in the US or UK. And that's how, and then I said, this is not going to work out. I need to, I need to be where the action is. And uh, I started figuring out how to get to the U.S. And luckily the dot-com boom was going on and they were hiring people and I was good at programming. So that's how I got here. Wow. That's cool. Um, yeah. I, I did a lot of, uh, a lot of work um, when that dot-com uh, boom was happening I was in the uh, construction industry. I mean, I'm still in it, uh, but that was like right when I got in as an apprentice and uh, they were, I was doing a lot of work down in the South Bay in uh, Bay Area, San Francisco, down Silicon Valley and, uh, you know, doing stuff for Hewlett Packard there uh, when they were starting to, they had a bunch of stuff going on and then they, they downsized. Uh, and so Apple started buying up all of their campuses, you know, cause that's when iTunes was really starting to, to kick in and become a big thing. And so like the iTunes campus took over the Hewlett Packard and there was like, there was just so much, so much stuff going on back then. And, uh, you know, a lot of startups, uh, tons of them. Everybody had a dot com, oh, yeah. and then pretty soon it just you know it all it all dried up. You know, I felt like I felt like that was going to happen a little bit again with the app situation, but the difference between the apps and and the dot coms was everybody has a computer or a, a phone in their hand now. So I mean, it, it's not the same as as the dot coms because the dot coms depended on everybody having a computer, which not everybody could afford. Right. You know, so there was a there was definitely a. Uh, uh, what's that called? An advantage now with the uh, with the apps, right? It, it's crazy how you know earlier uh, in in the early in late nineties, early two thousands, the hardest thing was technology, and the easiest thing was attention, right? Because you send out an email, you used to get like ninety percent, ninety five percent open rates. You know, you had super high click through rates because. Not there are not too many people doing this stuff, especially not in the in the make money online world. That was always saturated. But if you go down, get get down to the niches, right, mom and pop niches, uh, if you knew if uh, what to do and uh, how to talk and how to engage people without uh, coming across as a sleazy marketer, your engagement was through the roof. But the hardest thing was 
technology, right? How do you, how do I create a video? Where do I put it? There's no YouTube, right? So now you're talking to your host, a uh, web host, and they're like, uh, you uh, outshot your bandwidth usage by, you know, 70%. So your bill is going to be like $120 or $150 compared to like the usual $5. So you, everything was a challenge. There was Amazon S3. I don't, I don't think there was a AWS back then. So there was no easy place to put it, no Dropbox, no. So earlier, everything was hard. Everything you had to figure out, that's why so many fewer people are doing it because you had to get a webcam and you had to learn a tool like Camtasia Studio. Uh, that's when I learned it around 2001 because I needed to create videos for my how-to web, uh, you know, how-to videos and documentation videos for my software products. But, you know, I was always ahead of the curve because I was trying to do more than what was necessary and, and technology was hard, but now everything is easy, right? You, you can put a, take a simple clip, fire up your phone, boom, you're, you're on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere in, in two minutes, high, high speed bandwidth. Everything is easy, but attention is hard to come by. So the whole thing is, it's, so there's always going to be, it's always going to be hard for entrepreneurs who are trying to do stuff. So you just have to, uh, you know, stick to it and nothing comes easy. Yeah, I'm I'm finding that with uh but I mean I already knew that coming in with a podcast that you know it's not you don't come in and think that you're going to kill it. You know, unless you unless you already have a following, you know, let's say you've already got like 50,000 uh, Instagram followers and now you've got somewhere to put it out to and you're going to get just off of that alone 50,000 you're going to get a lot of hits on on whatever you post out there. Uh, but you know, when you're trying to start and build it organically, it is not fast by any means. Oh yeah, absolutely. See all of the biggest podcasts I heard about, right? Tim Ferriss, when he first came out with this podcast, I heard about it from his newsletter because I was already subscribed to it. I already knew who Tim Ferriss was. He was already a rock star author, four hour work week, four hour body, four hour chef, blah, blah, blah. Right. He was so people who already had established themselves uh, don't have to be a mega celebrity, but even somebody with a decent amount of following offline, when they start a podcast, it's so much easier because all you have to do is let your followers know wherever your followers are. It could be on Twitter and, and Facebook or Instagram, wherever our email list, which is what I recommend highly a lot of people, because it's a lot easier to build an email list than trying to uh, build a following on Twitter, for example. Um, so building an email is absolutely critical. And like you said, if, if you don't have an existing audience you can bring with you, uh, then pod- creating an audience organically using a podcast is a very long game. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is you, you say, okay, I want to start, I'm starting a podcast. Boom. Okay, now I'm live. Okay, now what do I do? Where, how do I get more listeners? Now you're like somebody says, oh, you should post on, on Facebook groups. Guess what? If you go and post in, in a random Facebook group or a podcast, you're going to get kicked out for spamming, mm-hmm. right? So then you're like, okay, let me just go spam a bunch of podcasting groups. So that that is like promoting your podcast to other podcasters. It's like a dentist going to a dental conference and handing out cards about his dental service. Right? It makes no sense. <laughs> you don't, you don't put. So that's what a lot of people doing. Echo chambers. They go to uh, these uh, uh, low quality podcasting groups uh, where everybody's just spamming the heck out of each other with uh, with podcasts. You know, we all do that. I've done that too. I still do that, you know, hoping to pick up a, a listener or two here or there. But those are all very super uh, low impact activities and low low efficiency activities because you're you're just uh, uh, in an echo chamber uh, trying to get that one listener. That's not going to help. You need to know how to get hundred listeners because at the end of the day, remember, not everybody who listens to your podcast is going to be uh, interested in in continuing to listen. Right? They're not going to yeah. subscribe. So it's it's almost like uh, the uh, door-to-door salesman technique. How do you get the maximum people to give you a shot, and then you know some some of those will will accept your offer, right? Um, except without spamming. So you need to figure out what are the high impact activities where you can get uh, get your podcast in front of maximum number of users. So if you get your show in front of thousand listeners, 
than thousand people who see your link or your opportunity to click out of that, you know, 20% may actually click play, right? And so now you're down to 200 people out of the thousand. Then within the 200 people, how many listen all the way through and how many actually like your show? Maybe out of the 200, maybe 30%, right? Now you're down to 60 people. And then out of those, how many people will go on to subscribe? You may be down to 10 people. So that's how you have to do the math and, and the numbers have to be. So you have try to get in front of the a bigger audience and then hopefully they'll follow you because you're providing value. You're uh, making their day better. You're teaching them or entertaining them or educating them, whatever it is. And so, so simply posting in podcasting groups is not going to help. And the only way to do that is to build your own audience. And podcasters, that's where we all struggle because, okay, now you, I have a podcast, so... I can't build an audience using just a podcast. I need another platform to bring audience to this one. So now I had to figure out how to start a Facebook group, right? Which means now I'm like, oh, okay, so how do I get people to my Facebook group? Or, okay, go post on Twitter, but I have four followers, right? And then how do I get more followers? So you see how it, it goes from, I want more listeners to, now you're figuring out how to get Twitter followers. Now you're figuring out how to grow your Facebook group. Now you're figuring out how to grow your email list. So it goes all around. And podcasting is usually uh, best, unless you have an existing audience, it is best served as a secondary content marketing platform to build deeper relationships with your existing audience and not just to use it as a primary tool to go organically find you a new audience. Hmm. Yeah, that, on your on your own, unless you're going on other people's podcasts. You know, I actually wrote a Kindle book about this called the Podcast Promotion Report, where I talk about all the uh, I call it the Brilliant Five Blah Ninety Five uh, techniques. So most of the stuff you read about any topic online is the Blah Ninety Five, right? You, you know, post on social, post on Twitter, post in LinkedIn. You start an Instagram cha- uh, account, uh, post about take audiograms, post it here, post it. Those are all the blah 95 anybody can do that but i also talk about you know i always go into the brilliant five which is the top five percent of anything you can do so in in my book i wrote about that and it's all it's all about how to build a list and how to i call it side door strategy so you don't directly promote your podcast instead even if you're advertising it's a very tough thing to advertise a podcast because people don't want to leave you know, they're scrolling through Facebook they're, or whatever the platform is because they're bored. The last thing they want to do is click on a link and go and listen to a podcast, right? You have to make them aware. So the best way to do that is through other channels, which is take what is the best thing about your podcast and maybe create a freebie out of it, like a bonus report or a Kindle book or something else, right? Or a video or a video course, a little mini course or one video that shows them how to do something that's related to your podcast and get them to your link, uh, website, get their email in exchange for your free bonus. And now they're on your list. And now you make uh, your podcast a part of the content marketing strategy to build a deeper relationship with them. And hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll go on to subscribe and become a customer and so on. But just leading with the podcast is a very tough business model, just why you can, you'll see a lot of podcasters, you know, part fading. They say the average podcast lasts seven episodes or something like that, uh, which is why Apple Podcasts has like, I think, close to a million podcasts, but only 300,000 or so are active. Um, you know, the po- podcasting is, is, a tough, uh, is, is a tough thing unless you're really passionate about your niche, you're passionate uh, about uh, spreading your message you have your, that you can't talk. You know, you have to be so passionate about something that you just can't shut up about it. Right? You, <laughs> like, like me right now. <laughs> so, you know, you have to have the passion. You have to have the commitment. You have to be good at something because nobody wants to listen to guys in a basement, in their mom's basement, drinking beer and uh, shooting the shit about whatever they feel like that day. Right? Uh, it, it gets old really fast unless you're super entertaining and yeah, and your personality is the is the show, not the content. So podcasting is is tough, and it, you have to be very strategic in in promoting it and and creating it, of course. Now, would you suggest? Because um, you know you you you're in those groups. You know how you've got these guys that are uh, you know trying to hit you up from from India 
that they'll get you, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? It's flooded with those kind of guys. And since I'm a moderator of that group, uh, podcasts, I see them coming in and like every time I see somebody from either Bangladesh or, or India, yeah. it's like, I almost automatically know when I'm saying approve because I'm not, I don't, I don't not, if they follow the directions and they answer the questions, then I'm, I'm, I have to, I'm going to approve you. You're following the rules, even though I know what you're going in there to do. Right. Yeah. If, if I, you know, I actually have an episode about uh, a podcast at subscribeme.fm about why Facebook uh, you should build your community on your own website and not Facebook. So I'm I'm not the biggest proponent of Facebook groups, uh, unless you know it's he- very heavily curated. Again, same thing, bringing your outside audience. If you see the some of the biggest you know podcast movement and all this, the big groups, they had an existing audience. They are bringing their people onto thing. It's it's people are not finding about about, about podcast movement because of the Facebook group. It's it's the opposite. People know about podcast movement and and all these big uh, uh, events and seminars and and yeah, celebrities outside of podcasts, uh, outside of Facebook groups, and then oh, I want to be a part of this community, and then they join the Facebook group. So if your first goal is to get people to join your Facebook group and then get them to listen to this, that's too many hurdles, right? And it's it's, it's a really tough thing to start like that. So um, yeah, when I I still have a Facebook group that I, I occasionally post. I, I'm not too active. I I'm, I have my forum on my website, and uh, if I, if I see somebody who who has like thirty, who's more part of more than thirty groups, I automatically decline. A lot of the these people who who are trying to promote their services, not just podcasting, you know, website creation and this and that, and you can see they're part of like three hundred and fifty or five hundred groups. And right away, you know, no nobody can reasonably be part of 300 groups and add value value there. So yeah, you you have to weed through a lot of the the spam and clutter when you when you're when you have a a group. Yeah, I have one. I have a Facebook group. Uh, there's only not a lot of people. Maybe like 160 people in there. Uh, I haven't really done a whole lot with it. What a, I don't have a website, which is something that I probably need. Um, because anybody that I'm sending anywhere, like I just, uh, I have merchandise now. So I went to T public and did that and, and I'm driving people to their, their website and, and, you know, I'm getting a little bit of the, of the, you know, commission on that. Yeah. You know, uh, but I mean, it's really something that I should be doing, uh, bringing everybody to my site, my traffic and, you know, pushing it out from there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a huge proponent of uh, owning your platform, um, and so you. Ha- the very first thing I would recommend that you do, you know, like right after you hang up off this call, uh, you know, unless you have other things. I'm just telling you how uh, what an urgent thing that is that you have to have your own website, and don't just create it for your podcast. Don't just uh, brand it for your podcast because uh, podcast is part of one of the part of the things, right? Yeah. Uh, Unless your podcast is the only branding strategy right now, uh, I would recommend having a, a, a centralized hub. Tomorrow you might start a YouTube channel and, a po- and uh, uh, you like you said merchandise and this and that. You want a centralized hub uh, for to pe- send people to. Put a sign up form there. Offer them a freebie. Start collecting emails. Put the Facebook and Google uh, uh, pixels on there so you can start tracking analytics, and you can start building a Facebook audience from now. So that in three months or six months, uh, if you want to do a Facebook ad, you'll you'll have an exist built up audience of people who have visited your website, and you can market to them and, and show them ads, show them videos, uh, and you have to you know podcasting as uh, uh, as exciting as it is. At the end of the day, you have to uh, pay to play, uh, whether it is uh, a Getting some decent equipment and and starting—that's the easiest part. But the sec- the hardest part for anything, whatever you start today, whether it's YouTube channel or Instagram, it's all about anything can be started easily. It's always okay. What next? How do I get people here? How do I get people to follow me or subscribe to this channel or watch my videos or listen to my podcast? Audience building is the hardest part for ninety nine percent of uh, entrepreneurs because they are usually good at what they do. Whether it's building products or services or plugins or uh, uh, writing ebooks or creating courses, assuming they're good at that part, the next part is always 
okay, how am I going to let people know about this? That is always uh, where a lot of people, uh, you know, find it very challenging. So what, so what would, what would you suggest? Like I have a YouTube channel. I have all of these, everything that you, that you should have social media wise. Uh, but I don't, I'm good at what I do, but I'm, I'm not good at the other parts. You know what I mean? I'm not good at social media. I'm not good at like at, at collecting emails. Like I, I've not collected one email in the whole year that I've been interacting with people. And I've talked to tons of people and emailed them back and forth, never, never collecting anything, never, never doing any of that. So, I mean, what would you suggest? Would you suggest that, that I put some money into having something, I don't know how to build a website. I mean, I know it's easy enough to go to square right. and, and have a strategy. I mean, what would you, would you, what would you suggest for somebody? I mean, cause I obviously from the people that do listen to my podcast and I don't ask my family or friends, I don't ask any of them their opinion cause they're not going to give me the truth. Uh, you know, I talk to, uh, you know, everybody that comes to my, my show or has listened to any of my episodes, you know, a lot of them have said that, Hey, you know, you got something, you have something here, you know, your, your voice is easy to listen to your, your message is, is pretty good. I mean, you've come from, you know, wherever you came from, you have a lot of knowledge and a lot of stuff to offer people. So, I mean, as far as like experience and, you know, life experience and, and, and the such. So what would you, what would you suggest and how would, how would somebody who, you know, is in my position would go forward, uh, to try and acquire, acquire that. Yeah, so uh, when you are not sure and you have so many different directions to go in and you're not sure, the first thing I would recommend is uh, uh, find a mentor, find a coach, a business coach like me (laughs) or not me or anybody in your circle, somebody who has been there, done that because it's, it's not a, the general advice I would give you would be spray and pray, right? Because I, I I would give you like 20 steps uh, if I, if you weren't my coaching client, if I just talking to you, if you said, what is the general advice for most people who are in that position? It would be, uh, you know, start a website first, get your domain name, start a website, uh, or use WordPress or Square, or whatever it is. I, w- I would say WordPress. WordPress is the most powerful thing. It's like uh, having an app store, right? Because if you uh, not having WordPress is like uh, the flip phones um, of the past era. Right. Whatever the software comes with the phone is what you can use. You can't add anything. You can't change anything. No configuration, nothing. But WordPress is like when Apple introduced the App Store. So now you have a phone. You download apps that you need to use. So just like there's an app for that, there's a plugin for that in WordPress. So whether you want to do audio or video or whatever, whatever you can imagine, there's a plugin for that. And it's, you know, you can customize your website just the way you want it. So I would say start with the WordPress site. And then, again, it, it, it'll need to, uh, you know, if you were my business, uh, if you were working with me uh, as my client, I would say, okay, where are you right now? What are your assets? Where are your audiences? Where are you getting the most traction? And then I would tell you to start building an audience. And so that would depend on an interactive, you know, session where you tell me, okay, these are the, you said you're not good at social media. Um, so that means, uh, you know, you may not have an existing audience. That's probably what you mean by you're not good at it, right? Because social media is only as good as our audience, right? Because if, if you don't have an audience, then you feel like you're not good at it. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Low, low numbers, Instagram. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm scratching 450 followers. Um, it's, it, I've, I've had the hardest time on that one. Facebook. I have a lot of, I mean, I, I, it's very easy to get people to follow you on Facebook, uh, to, you know, friend requests and stuff like that. Twitter. I don't understand Twitter at all. It seems to me like more of a political deal. So I don't know. I don't know how to like every one of these apps or these social media platforms has a way to work it. Right. Especially uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Twitter for learning and keeping tabs, especially when you are, uh, you know, when you want to be an expert in your field and you want to be at the cutting edge of stuff and you want to know what's going on. Uh, Twitter 
all these platforms for that matter, even TikTok, right? If you keep, so I'm a, a marketer at heart and I'm a, I'm a developer at heart, coder, uh, who has, you know, eventually become um, uh, good at marketing and I'm a student of marketing and I'm always trying to learn. And so any new platform comes, I usually try to check it out. Not all of them, but uh, TikTok, I checked it out when it was, you know, getting big last year. And what I found is uh, um, tic- even TikTok, you, it, it curates your feed based on what you want it to be, right? If you keep liking um, silly 12-year-olds lip-syncing videos all the time, it will serve up more silly 12-year-olds lip-syncing videos, right? And those kind of videos. If you start liking business videos, you will start getting business how to make money on. And if you start liking arts and crafts, you'll start get jewelry making, you know, glass making, uh, all all those. So it always you can curate your feed and you you train the platform whatever it is by following people that whose information you want. Same thing on Twitter. If you endlessly follow political people, you're going to get a lot of political noise, right? And for me, um, I follow politics and I follow sports. I'm a huge NBA fan. I'm a LeBron James uh, stan, right? Um, and so I follow Lakers and, and all the beat writers from different teams, different uh, um, like GMs and this one and, and the, the biggest uh, reporters and breaking news. So and then I po- follow some politics and I'm following a lot of WordPress people and marketers. So you can curate your feed however you want. And Twitter, that's what, if you if you end up following people who are negative, this, this goes across all platforms, right? If you find somebody, you know, constantly uh, tweeting or posting about politics, unfollow them. The best thing you can do is unfriend, unfollow, unsubscribe. And you only follow friend and subscribe to the kind of content you want. And you can, you can transform your feed, whatever platform it is, exactly. You can tailor it to exactly so that's something you look forward to every day. So it, it, uh, you, you start by searching for hashtags, even on TikTok, right? If you go on and so do online marketing or, or uh, jewelry making or glass making, whatever, it, whatever your uh, passion is, you can transform the silly platform called TikTok into an amazing gold mine of content. And 15 seconds, people are putting out the, it's like, a, it's like Twitter for a video. People are putting out the best content in 15 seconds. You just can't, can't go wrong with that. You want magic tricks? Endless magic tricks. You want stand-up? <laughs> Endless stand-up. You, you can, you know, you can curate. Obviously, you'll come across some funny. I have liked so many dog videos. I'm a dog guy. My when I go to TikTok, you know, seventy percent are dog videos, and I, I can't stop. I can't stop. I love you know dogs. I have a dog, and uh, so uh, sometimes I'll love something, but I won't like it. I won't hit the heart because I don't want to, TikTok to just show me dog videos one hundred percent of the time. So you have to, if you're following certain hashtags, whether on Twitter or Facebook, same thing on on Facebook too. Uh, you. You make, you make friends with the people who think like you, um, who are, who have strong opinions. Maybe they don't have to exactly be like you and think the exact same things. But if you want differing opinions, you follow different people, you friend them, you go to Facebook groups, you lurk, you follow. So all these platforms are absolutely 100% power is in your hands to curate your feed to what the way. So unblock, block, unfollow, unsubscribe, unfriend anybody who makes you anxious or makes you pissed off or makes you upset or whatever it is, whether it's politics or sports, you know, if, if I, I'm such a huge LeBron James fan that if, uh, if I'm following somebody who's, who's just hating him, for example, right. Uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to say LeBron is not good, blah, blah, blah. But if somebody's constantly hating on him, for example, I'll, un- I'll unfollow, right. I don't want to hear that. You know, I don't need you to tell me that I, my opinion does not matter. And so, you curate your feed, whether it's religion, uh, sports, politics, uh, how-to skills, and uh, regular whatever day-to-day skills. You can curate your feed beautifully, and that's that's the key for yourself as a, a creator too. 
you got to cultivate your fans, uh, uh, 1,000 true fans uh, concept based by Kevin Kelly. In fact, I, I created a course about this last year. I called it 1001truefans.com where I talk about how to build an audience from scratch when you have nobody, when, you, when you're only f- friends on Facebook or your family and friends from high school, right? And, and your colleagues and coworkers or what, what happens if you have 20 followers on Twitter? How do you uh, create a following and how do you build an audience which who can follow you and become your followers? And that is about, you know, content repurposing, uh, putting out the exact content without worrying about you know, am I, uh, you know, constantly pissing off people by putting out my content? You have to be passionate about it. People will follow you, unfollow you, whether if they don't care, if they if they love what you do, uh, they'll follow you. And you got to say intelligent stuff. You got to say smart stuff. You got to be entertaining. You have to have a good personality. You have to uh, put valuable content out there that people can constantly learn instead of nonstop memes and gifs and hey, post the seventh photo from your camera roll. Um, or, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, junk can only take you so far. I see a lot of people on my, my feed, Facebook feed, posting jokes all the time. Yeah, I remember that some people for their jokes, but I have no idea what they do for a living. I would never know. I would not know whether I can work with them someday because I have no idea what their skills are because all I know is that they post jokes all the time. And there are some people who only post politics whether it's they're Republican or Democrat or whatever it is, they're only posting politics and they're already always bashing the people on the other aisle. Unfollow, boom. If, if you're constantly posting memes, unfollow. I mean, I'll unfriend you, but I'll unfollow because I don't want to. I, I have very limited time when I go on social. I want, I'm trying to catch up with friends and family, but at the same time, I also want to make the best use of it and provide maximum value and minimum, minimum time. So every platform has its pros and cons. You have to figure out uh, how to get the best out of it as a consumer. And then you, t- you create content that you can post to multiple platforms and you repurpose and you have to promote it. And there, you know, one of my favorite ways to build an audience is writing a Kindle book. Uh, because if you post something online and say, hey, I have a seven-day video course about blah, how many people are going to you know, care about that, right? Nobody wants to watch seven hours of video or, or four hours of video to learn something, right? And then if, uh, if you say, I'm, I have a podcast, podcasts are still not that mainstream where somebody will click on something and listen to your entire episode, right? You can post snippets. That's fine. You get them excited. You can, if you want to promote podcasts, um, the you can, best is to do it via an email list or go on other people's podcasts. So there's a whole other uh, sea of... Uh, uh, way to get build your audience, but the fastest way I found is to write a Kindle book, because people love downloading reports and Kindle books. And you write something short, sweet, twenty pages is a Kindle book. Ten pages is a Kindle book. Doesn't have to be two hundred pages. Show somebody how to do one thing really, really well and make it epic. And a beautiful, well written, super impactful ten page ebook will kill a two hundred page ebook with you know fluff in there any day right and then you you give it to people you approach people say and then you form joint ventures you form relationships with facebook group owners and say hey uh, i have this thing i want to give it out for free in exchange for a review would you would a, are you interested so you have to know how to promote it without coming across sleazy or spamming and kindle book is, is a fantastic way if you if i have a kindle book out there Right. If I just say, "Hey, download my free report," blah, on my website, you might be like, "Yeah, come on, another just another free report." I have thousand of these on my hard drive, right? But if it's a, if you see that I'm giving you a Kindle book that has fifteen five star reviews and looks great and promises one thing and that you'll do really well, and you're like, "Wow!" So you have to raise the perceived value of your report. And that's the best way to do that is to put it out there as a Kindle book, get some reviews, and then start offering it to people in exchange for a review and then build a list. And then now they know what you do. Now you say, hey, by the way, I talk about this stuff on my podcast. Go to episode number 45 or 73 where I talk or, talked about this with this guest and this is how we did it. So there's so many different ways and you have to, the, the, part, the first going back to what I would recommend you is first you have to start a website, launch your website and come up with a lead magnet, which is basically a freebie. Uh, and put a, a 
a sign-up form there, start building a list, maybe write a Kindle book or create a, or even if you don't want to write, write something, uh, create one video, which is like 10 minutes long, which is amazing and use that as a lead magnet or put out a special podcast episode. Again, a lot of people will think that, um, uh, you know, I talked about this with my guest for one hour uh, and then that's that's the public podcast and there's more stuff to this. I talked talk with this guy for another hour to listen to that. You pay me or join my membership. People are not interested in that. They're already getting bombarded with content, right? Nobody wants to. And you probably already got the best stuff in there in your, in your free podcast. Why would somebody pay for audio? So it has to be a very strategic thing where you talk to certain somebody about one specific thing and you use that as your lead magnet. So there has to be some curiosity, some suspense, some, oh, I wonder what is the, what is the number one thing you can do on TikTok to get more followers or something like that, right? Or, yeah, so, yeah. so you have to have a targeted interview, not just a two-hour conversation split into two. First hour is free. Second hour is behind a paywall. It's not going to work. It has to be very targeted and it has to be closer to your niche and so if to, today, if I went and interviewed 20 people on how to do, you know, social media marketing or Kindle books, right? I'm big into Kindle books and digital marketing and delivering dig, digital video and audio. And so if I did a video series of, of 10 different people, I can put it behind a paywall because my whole life has been about this niche, it's about digital audio, video, you know, podcast, Kindle books, blah, 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 how to deliver so my business coaching, everything. So my whole, it, it's like, uh, I hate to use that word. Uh, um, uh, and I, I actually forgot that word. Like everything comes together, right? Uh, everything is pushing forward in the same direction. So you have to get that kind of momentum. And when you have that, you can create any kind of uh, exclusive content. And that is what you put, put behind a paywall, not just anything and everything that you feel like, right? That's not valuable. So you always have to ask, you know, if I listen to one hour with Ravi, am I really going to pay $5 to Sean to listen to the next hour of Ravi rambling, right, uh, on this podcast? So it probably answer would probably be no for some people. <laughs> so you, you have to be very uh, strategic about what is the lead magnet you create and, and start building a list from tomorrow that, because it takes time to build a list and if you don't do it now, right, just like somebody says, you know, when was the best time to start a podcast? It was 20 years ago or 15 years ago, right? Yeah. Second best day to start a podcast is today. Um, so the best, if you, did, you did, if you didn't do it for all these years, the best time to do it is right now, today, or, you know, the next three minute you get to start thinking about. So if you have a business coach, you can, uh, can walk you through all these uh, things. This is what I do for a living. And, um, how to build an audience, how to monetize. And a lot of people will have an audience, but they may not know how to monetize it, right? Because podcasting, uh, people will think that, oh, I have to build up my audience to 5,000 listeners and then I will get uh, uh, invited to uh, a company like Midroll or something where they will provide ads for me. Well, guess what? If you get to 5,000 downloads, which is really hard by itself, right? I'm sorry, my allergies are acting up and my... Um, Oh, That's why I'm constantly messing with my, with my nose. Um, so if you get to 5,000 listeners and uh, you manage to somehow get you know, your first ad, land your first ad through a company like Midroll, and they give you a coupon code and you say, hey, go to xyz.com and use coupon code Ravi and you'll get 20% off. And let's say nobody goes there. They're, your sponsor is out for the next episode. So... You built up, you slogged three years or two years to build up an audience to 5,000 listeners so you could get an ad and your ad, your sponsor won't stay. So you have to create your own products and services. You can't depend on sponsorship. I always say, you know, make money from your podcast. Uh, I make, make money because of your podcast, not just from your podcast. So use your content, your podcast as a content marketing tool, relationship building tool. Uh, and creating new doors uh, where none existed before, and then you have to figure out how to uh, because all the all the other things, the merchandise, the charge keys, the uh, Patreons, and all these things, it's fine. It'll get you to you know. So there there are people. Don't get me wrong. I'm not uh, dismissing any of that. There are people who make a lot of money with those things. 
Some of them may even make a living with uh, Patreon and uh, other things. But we're talking about uh, probable versus possible. Is it possible? Yes. To make a full-time living with uh, sponsorship and Patreon, it's possible. But is it probable for most people? No, uh, because that's not how podcasting works. And so instead of trying to uh, build up your audience so you can lease it to somebody else to promote their products and you keep getting a small commission if somebody goes on, why not build your own brand? Why not build your own products and services? Um, you can start with affiliate marketing right now, uh, not wait, have to wait till 5,000 listeners uh, or downloads or whatever the minimum is. You can start promoting affiliate products. So if you have a great headphone uh, or a headset or a thing or something you're using, uh, you know, you uh, start promoting it, become an affiliate for the product. You look around your house or around your computers, look at the programs you're using. You can become an affiliate uh, for those programs and you can start promoting it right now. And another easy way to uh, figure out how engaged you are, you might have thousand downloads, but you don't know how engaged they are. And the best way to find out is to stop promote, asking everybody to go leave you a rating and a review and instead tell them to send you an email. And maybe you can offer them a free bonus right on, the, on your podcast. I do that all the time. Uh, hey, I've written a new Kindle book. If you want to uh, get a free copy in exchange for a review, I'll, uh, if you are willing to leave, leave me a review in seven days, let me know. It's a new Kindle book. Uh, it has 10 star, uh, five star reviews, blah, blah, blah. Promote it a little bit and say, you can have it for free. Just send me an email to Ravi, blah, blah, blah. Right? Now you'll know how engaged is your audience. Will they get up to do something as simple as send you an email? Because if they won't send you an email, they're probably not going to buy from a coupon code you give them for something 50 or 100 or $200 or subscription, especially at times of, uh, you know, like a pandemic like this going on, people are cutting down the subscription. So if you're, if you're promoting something that's a subscription-based product, um, Hulu or this or that or whatever it is, how likely is it that they may already have it or they don't care about it? So instead, put your personality behind it, promote products and services you use so you can promote it with passion and say, hey, this this mic, uh, this headset I'm using, it's amazing. And if you go here, you'll get a, use this coupon code, you'll get this coupon, this discount for free. Or send me an email and I have a new course, uh, one video, it's not too long, it'll, it'll take you just seven minutes to watch and I show you exactly how to create a face mask or something like that, right? Something yeah. relevant, something urgent, something important. And I'll give it to you for free, no charge. Just send me an email to Sean at seandustin.com, right? So you can do that and build a list. And and that's how you, you start building uh, an audience. Well, that was a lot of information, a lot of good information too. And uh, I'm running up on, on I got another one uh, scheduled at five. So we're going to have to cut this one, uh, cut this one short because I'm, I'm pretty sure it could have went a lot longer. Uh, I, there's a, I'd love to pick your brain and I definitely will be getting back in touch with you about some of those other uh, options. So if you could actually just email me what you, your services and, uh, and, and we can go from there. But what I would like you to do right now is just, uh, you know, uh, shoot out anywhere, your social media, your podcast, any, 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 anything you want, uh, my listeners to be able to, uh, find where they can find you. Sure. My website is subscribeme.fm and that's the name of my podcast too, subscribeme.fm. So you can on my website at the top, you can see a beautiful playlist where you can listen to all the episodes right there or, just search for subscribeme.fm as one word in your favorite podcast app, Spotify, wherever it is, uh, and you'll find my show. I talk about digital marketing, membership sites, online courses, delivering, uh, creating, delivering, and monetizing digital content like podcasting and audio, video, PDFs, membership sites. And uh, at subscribeme.fm, you'll also find information about the seven books I've written and my, my courses and my Digital Creators Academy and business coaching and everything else. And that's where you can contact me as well or just send an email to Ravi, R-A-V as in Victor I, at subscribeme.fm and, uh, and I'll give you a free Kindle book, uh, my latest Kindle book that I've written about how to start a podcast in seven hours. Amazing. Cool. Well, I want to thank you for your time and, uh, and, and this has been really informational for me uh, and hopefully it's Sorry. Helps. Sorry about the uh, information overload. <laughs> That's why I said you got to be passionate where you can't stop talking. No, no, I mean, it's all stuff that I like, I need to know. 
I, I I don't, there's things that I don't know about this, uh, because obviously I'm good at one thing about it, but I don't, I don't know how to put the rest of the pieces together. Pieces together. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm trying to play around with a puzzle that I don't know where I'm missing pieces and I can't find them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. And I'll be getting back to you, uh, shortly. Uh, and I'll email you and, uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll go from there, but I appreciate thank so it. Thank you for having me on your show, Sean. I appreciate you're, it. You're welcome, man. And, uh, have a good night, brother. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. And thanks, Ravi. That was great information. So good of information, I feel that that probably should have an episode that should be on Patreon behind a paywall. But since I'm not that kind of guy, I'm giving it to everybody out there for free. So, as always, you can find all of our information in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And again, thank you for all the support uh, for the last. 49 episodes and this 50th episode i have 35 more in the bank that i need to push out so stay tuned there's plenty of content coming also more live streams that you can catch on facebook and youtube anything that i do going forward uh, as far as uh, conversations and interviews go they will be broadcast uh, first on facebook live youtube live then the podcast platform so yeah, a lot of big things, uh, going on. I've got emails out and commitments from some big names out there that, uh, I will be interviewing in the future. So stay tuned for that. Those will be very good, uh, episodes. These are people that I contact that I respect and, and I listen to and like, I'm a fan of, so can't wait for those ones until next time. Keep it 100. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise.